today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The news about a dress code and a transgender teacher in Oakville has made international news. I think a lot of people are trying to understand this story, and they're being challenged by it. Here's Tina Trajani of Global News. It's important to recognize the impact dress code policies can have on members of the transgender community. That from a report by the Halton District School Board, which was asked to consider a system-wide dress code after photos of Kayla Lemieux garnered more and more attention. There have been petitions and protests calling for her removal from the classroom and for her to wear something, quote, less provocative and more appropriate to school. The report goes on to say it's important for employers to make allowances to ensure these employees can express themselves according to their lived gender. And it concludes by saying that if an employer wants to foster a culture of professionalism, respect, equity, and inclusion, a truly reasonable and non-discriminatory dress code or grooming standards would most likely fail to yield the intended results. The board also says it's prohibited from making any changes right now because there's no new collective agreement in place with its teachers. Under the Labor Relations Act, it can't alter working conditions during negotiations. Tina Trajani, Global News. Well, we're all trying to understand a lot of this, and and Tina's report brings up a lot of very important issues. Uh, First off, you know, is this going to go to a human rights code case? I mean, is that going to be tried out there? You know, there are so many different moving parts to this. Um, We're hoping to connect with Howard Levitt of Levitt Shake Employment Law to get his expert advice on on to help us understand all of this a little bit better. And, you know, this is one of the issues that I've really been trying hard to understand and to wrap my mind around. I mean, we're faced with a situation where the law is going to have to apply to a social issue. And as I said, many of us may not fully comprehend it. I cannot imagine the hell it must be. For somebody who feels that their identity is one thing and to wake up day after day in a body that doesn't respond to that, that doesn't match that up. I can't imagine what that is like. And I really want to try and understand and uh, be open about uh, trying to um, understand what they're going through. But this situation, I think, has pushed the boundaries. And maybe that's part of what's going on here as an act of activism. Um, this particular teacher is taking it to an extreme so that we have to deal with it. Apparently, we have uh, been able to connect with Howard Levitt of Levitt Shake Employment Law. Good morning, and thank you for your time. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are really trying to understand this issue. And again, as I said earlier, it might be a situation where the law is going to have to apply to a social issue that we don't fully comprehend yet. Well, I think it's actually pretty simple. You can't come into work any work, wearing dirty jeans, bare feet, and disheveled. You can't come into work with your breasts hanging out. You can't, you know, and this is no different. It's outrageous what the school board has done here. It's based, it's not based on the law. It's based on some caricature of law. You're entitled, yeah, yes, you have to recognize gender identity, which, but you, also have a right as an employer to require people dress in an asexual manner. Unless, of course, you're working at Hooters, where actually an exception is made. Is that that a legal exception? That's a legal exception, yes. Because the debate has always been, in terms of dress code issues, let's say in a bar situation, or maybe a receptionist, some employers have asked employees to dress in a way that's and you see them in bars very scantily dressed and there have been human rights complaints the human rights commission says no you can't 
force a woman, it's always a woman, to dress in a revealing, sexualized way. But an exception is made for Hooters and specifically or restaurants like that because large-breastedness is the very, very function of that restaurant. That is what they advertise. So that's what's called in the human rights law, bona fide occupation requirement. That's been the debate so far. It's been the other way around from this one, where someone can say, I demand the right to dress in a grotesquely caricaturized, sexualized way, and the employer says there's nothing they can do, but of course there's something they can do, but they can say dress properly. Don't, don't be so revealing, don't be so ridiculous, dress in a professional manner. And every employer has the right to require teachers or anyone else to dress in a professional manner. And this is not that. And for them to well, hide behind human rights grounds is, is just ludicrous legally. The other thing they say, which is also ludicrous legally, is, oh, well, we've got a contract coming up and therefore there's a freeze on terms and conditions of employment. Well, one of those terms and conditions of employment is management rights. And management has the right, continued right, to require people to be appropriate, conduct themselves appropriately, dress appropriately. So it's not a change of a term of employment. Part of me has been wondering if that wasn't part of the motivation here um, for this uh, this woman to be um, sporting these very large, and they're very, very large prosthetic breasts that frankly appear to have erect nipples in a class that is teen boys. And if part of the motivation was to say, here, you're going to have to deal with this. For sure. Look, she's a provocateur. There's no... She or he, I'm not sure we're talking about, uh, or they as a provocateur. And there's no question about that. They're t- trying to poke it to the school board, and they've got a, and she, they've got away with it. Well, it makes me wonder. I, like I was wondering earlier if if Halton's board was sort of in a damned if they do, damned if they don't situation. But what I'm hearing from you is they've put themselves in that situation by not doing anything. Correct, and they could get themselves out of that situation immediately by ordering this person to dress in a way that is comely and appropriate and and uh, suitable business attire and suitable dis- business comportment. Every employer has the right to require that. And there's no question about that. And the fact, and they're mixing up, they're conflating the issue of gender identity with appropriate workplace attire. Well, I'm wondering why we haven't heard more from uh, parents who may have uh, uh, boys or girls in the shop class, uh, and and they don't want them to be at the center of this political football. I think that's how it started, and now parents are cowed because they think, based on what they've heard from the school board, that they are complying with the law, and no one wants to be seen to be anti-LBGTQ, perhaps, and therefore, they're keeping their mouths shut because they're frightened and cowed and think they have no choice to think the think improperly and correctly and accurately that the school board is complying with the law and they don't want to be seen to be politically incorrect and not sufficiently woke. And that's probably why parents are being quiet right now, because parents got this start at the beginning by being outraged. But now the school board has suggested that somehow this is legally compliant when it is not. So what I'm hearing you say is that the dress code for teachers that already exists should be applied in this situation, not that the dress code should be amended because of this situation. Well, perhaps if they require male teachers to dress in a male way and female teachers dress in a female way, there has to be some um, 
flexibility in that regard because of people having different gender identities and people being trans, for example, in this case. <clears throat> but that's different than saying you could dress provocatively, sexually, and ludicrously. Well, and, you know, the other factor in all of this is that we are talking about um, a shop class and perhaps the maturity level of teen boys in this situation. Yeah, the teen boys are probably loving it. Frankly, it's <laughs> just a hoot. But that's, that's not the issue here. No, it's not. Um, so what do you think is going to happen going forward? Because apparently Halton's board is, is waiting for something to happen that will help them in this situation. Oh, I thought they'd already made a decision. That's what I'd heard. So it's resolved as far as they're concerned. And I'm hoping that um, someone is listening to this podcast and is writing a strong letter of protest and saying, what's the legal support for this ridiculous position you're taking? Because it's not the law. There is no legal support for this position. Yeah, I, I don't really think it is resolved at all. Well, I hope not. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Howard, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Howard Levitt of Levitt Shake Employment Law. We've been talking about the situation in uh, Halton's school board about a teacher who is transgendered, who has been sporting a very large pair of prosthetics breasts in class and what that's going to mean to the dress code. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out in the days and weeks to come. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.